What's up, everybody? Welcome back to 1025 In Conversation. This is episode five. I'm Jordan Walton, and today I have a very, very special guest of mine, actress, dancer, gymnast, choreographer, and radio personality, Leslie Seeger, who many of us know from the opening scene of, well, not the opening scene, the intro to Living Single, the silhouetted dancer that captivated many people. Uh, and uh, here she is on 1025 In Conversation. First of all, Leslie, I just want to say thank you so much for being on In Conversation. It is awesome to have you here. I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, starting off, if you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I'm a girl from Queens, New York, who is a Tom girl uh, who used to climb every single tree in Queens and tear up my mother's house doing backflips or trying to. And then she decided to put me in a gymnastic class and uh, a trampoline class first. And the instructor was like, she's really good. She needs to be in gymnastics and um, put me in a gymnastic class. And within a year, I was competing in national competition. Um, I'm a hip hop girl, a roundaway girl, a club girl, roller skating rink, all the everything you think New York City was in the 80s and 90s of being in the handball court and at the roller skating rink and all that other stuff. Um, I went to Springfield College on a full gymnastics scholarship, uh, graduated with a bachelor's in exercise physiology, uh, could have gotten my master's in five years um, in sports and medicine, but I was headed to Broadway. I just had to go. I had to dance. I had to get out of here. Yeah. And, um, that's really it. You know, hanging out in the clubs in New York around that time, everybody hung out. All the artists, all the label execs, all the music video directors, and uh, they would see me battling in the clubs and be like, we want you to be in our, you know, dance for this artist or be in this video. And that's really how I got most of my work. So That's, that's awesome. Now, starting off, when, whenever I interview someone on In Conversation, I always like to ask them, what was the thing that inspired them to want to become the thing that they are doing now, whether it's a photographer, a director, a painter? So I want to ask you, Leslie, what was the thing that inspired you to actually want to become a dancer? Um, me wanting to become a dancer came late. Um, it was all about gymnastics for me forever and for always. You know, um, I had posters and stuff on my wall but it was Nadia Comaneci or whoever. And, um, you know, gymnastics was my life since I was the age of 10. And that was me starting very, very late, you know, and then starting to compete in national competitions at 11. I didn't get the actual dance bug like I did because I hung out again, like I said, in the clubs in New York and year round, like the Rocksteady crew and all the B-boys and the B-girls. And so that dancing was always infectious to me. But it wasn't until like junior, senior year in college when music videos started to happen, where it was like Janet Jackson and Jody Watley and uh, Vanessa Williams and all of these, you know, groups that were doing these music videos. And I'd be like, I could dance like that. I can dance better. Nobody's doing gymnastics. And there's not a black girl who can do what I can do. Exactly. And so senior year I was like I'm out of here I'm going to New York and it wasn't so much about Broadway it was just about I'm gonna go find an agent like I had no blueprint but I just knew I had to get out of there and that was the inspiration for me because gymnastics was you can only do it for four years when you're in NCAA and even though I had a five-year scholarship to get my master's I knew that fifth year I wouldn't be able to do gymnastics um and I don't know my life without gymnastics or dance so I just kind of opted out um getting my master's sure in hindsight I don't even think I really have regret other than sure I can go back at any time and get my master's I just have my bachelor's but I literally the from the first audition that I I got in New York I literally booked almost everything from then on so it was a blessing 
Awesome. Awesome. Now, of course, in the 90s, Living Single came out. It was a humongous hit with TV and definitely with audiences. I mean, when I'm at, at my house in Atlanta, everyone plays Living Single. The theme song is a, is a smash. You know, you're, you're dancing, which was like the modern kids say you ate it up and all that type of stuff. So I wanted to ask you, when you were hired for that job, did you have an idea that Living Single was going to be as big as it was in the 90s? Or were you just thinking, oh, you know, this is a cool job. I'll, you know, give off my talents to everyone and let's see how it goes. It really kind of was probably the latter because it was an opportunity for me to work with director or directographer Otis Salib. Otis Salib gave you, you know, good and bad hair in school days. And, you know, he was actually shooting Malcolm X and Malcolm X was doing a Lindy Hop scene. I love Lindy Hop, but yeah. I happened to be on tour so I couldn't make the audition and they were still in rehearsals by the time that I got out. Um, one of my friends was dancing. And so she invited me to the rehearsals just to meet him. And it was too late for me to actually join their ensemble but I didn't even know Otis even knew who I was. And so I get a call out of the blue and he's on the other line and I'm like, Otis Salib, for real? You know, that kind of a thing. And he did not have the job per se for the Fox show Living Single. He had a concept. He's like, I can shoot it and I believe I can sell it. I need you because nobody else can do what you do. And I was like, any opportunity to work with him was absolutely, of course, green light go and we spent all day in brooklyn under the bridge yeah. um, on cobblestone shooting and when i saw the finished product because i had done so many back flips and all this gymnastic stuff maybe one version of it has like a front flip but none of the gymnastic stuff made it but it really didn't need it and that's the kind of director that Otis is. He's visual, he's emotional, he's feeling, he's nuances, he's all those things. And when he I got the call and he said they loved it, they're gonna take it, they want to make a deal. And I was like, bet. But I mean, I didn't read anything about the show beforehand. I just knew that Queen Latifah was on it. I knew Kim Fields was on it. And that's really kind of it. And then I spent years trying to get on the show as, you know, an actor and stuff, but they wouldn't even see me. So I just can't believe that I'm still talking about this show 20, 30 years and it's still on air. And, you know, generations are kind of figuring out who I am, which is great. It's a blessing. Exactly. It definitely is a blessing. It is definitely a one of the most important uh, TV shows when it comes to black, you know, entertainment, you know, and that's thanks to you. Now, when it comes to many artists, when it comes to creating a project or when it comes to just doing their day-to-day -day life, what is your process when it comes to when you get a job, like for example, the living single job and you choreographing a project, you know, what's your creative process when it comes to those type of projects? Living Single didn't really have one. Otis just said, do what you do. So everything you see is really just freestyle. And there was a gazillion different versions of the freestyle that I did um, and just kind of listening to the song. So, you know, when you see left and you're right, like that was just, you know, improvisation kind of a thing. When I work with an artist, um, you find out what their capability is in regard to their dance ability and learning choreography. Um, you know, and how well they sing. Then you have to kind of find out what the label is looking for in regard to their whole, what they're kind of put at, trying to put out into the universe about who this artist is. But you also have to have conversations with the director and then every video project, the concept is different. So you don't know what they're gonna be wearing, whether there's gonna be a love scene, what's, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to conceptually yeah. figure out what it is you're trying to portray in this and then allow the dance to kind of tell the story um, and see if you can really, 
put the artist in with all the intense dancing or you have to have the dancers kind of highlight and tell the story for them and make the artists look good. So there are dancers, as you've seen, like whether it's Usher or Marion, whoever who look great and can do everything the dancers do. And then you have some people who just move well. Right. <laughs> We got to, you know, add all the bells and whistles and make it look like it's the hottest ish, you know, on the planet. Exactly. Exactly. Now, from my personal experience, when it comes to wanting to be an artist, you know, I want to be a director. A lot of people, they kind of underestimate um, certain people's talent. You know what I mean? They kind of feel like, oh, that one person is expendable from everyone else. Was there ever a situation where someone kind of underestimate your talent and be like oh no I can work hard and be even better than some of these girls who are doing backflips that aren't as good as me personally well people don't realize I've been underestimated even as a gymnast all of my life right one it's a primarily white sport two I'm five foot six and most gymnasts are four foot nine I probably in my competition weight was maybe 120 to 140 between, you know, elementary school and college or whatever. Um, and then you don't really, you weren't really seeing black girls flip. So the name Big Les came because when I got into the music industry, people would be like, who's the big girl doing backflips? And they'd be like, oh, that's just Les. Cause I prefer Les over Leslie just cause I'm really casual like that. And they'd be like, yeah. well, Big Les come here. And it just kind of stuck. Um, and even when I walk into a room, like because I've always been so muscular and athletic looking, people are like, oh, she must play basketball. She must run track. And I'm like, no, sorry. I ice skate. I roller skate. I do all the feminine extra, whatever. And right. not to take away, those are absolute, we're bona fide athletes in that sense, right? Doing, our, you know, lifting our body weight in the air for somersaults and spins and twists and stuff. So when I got into the dance world, it really... I had to always prove my worth and my skill within the first 15 seconds. So I would start off with a flip and then I'd hit the floor and then I'd do like the technique stuff and all that yeah. kind of stuff in the first 15 to 30 seconds. So they'd just be like this. And that's kind of even how I audition people now. I don't want to wait two minutes into a routine to see what you got. I need you to hit me with the goods right away. And that's Absolutely. how most people are is that their attention span is really short. I don't want to see you doing the cat daddy or this, that, and that's great. That's cute and whatever. I need to see something I've never seen before. And I need to see all your athleticism, all your flexibility, all of your floor work, all of your freestyle, all of your attitude within the first 15, 30 seconds. Absolutely. And I realized I had to give that up too. So awesome. Awesome. That's, that's definitely important because of the fact that our attention, our attention span is so small. Like it's almost the size of like a goldfish. So it's like, you got to do something that's like instant. You know what I mean? Like, give me that impression. The first impression is definitely important. Now, when it comes to, if you look back at your career, what work do you think is your like magnum opus? Like when people think of a magnum opus, they think of, this is this was me at the highest point of my, you know, artistic and creative journey. And some people don't reach that magnum opus. What Leslie, what do you consider to be your magnum opus when it comes to work, whether it was, you know, living single intro, your work when it came to Oprah Winfrey, being on the Oprah Winfrey show, all that type of stuff? It's that's really a loaded question because. I have been so blessed with so many monumental moments in my career, right? Even as a gymnast, um, I played in the Big Apple games and I won, which made me, you know, number one in the region of New York. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, yeah. 
to me getting a full scholarship to college, gymnastics, huge. Um, for me, dancing behind Michael Jackson and, and, and Whitney Houston, huge. You know, being called to be on Oprah, huge. Getting like, so I've had so many blessings um, and I can't even, I, I don't know what to this day, what my best work is. Like there's a music video uh, by a diva who was a house artist, A-D-E-V-A called It Should Have Been Me, where they hired someone to do like trampoline and tumbling down the aisle because it was a play on the Blues Brothers movie where um, Jim, oh my God, I forget his name, uh, Belushi or John Belushi, excuse me, tumbled or had some a stunt double tumble down the aisle and the person couldn't do it. Um, and you'll probably see it on my reel or on YouTube somewhere I have it posted, but I had to beg the um, assistant director who knew my work to let the director show him what I could do. And he was like, absolutely. And of course they kept it in the video. And that was kind of like where you can actually see my gymnastics and my dance at its best. But I've had so many blessings and, you know, it's hard for a dancer to kind of remember everything because our work comes so fast or nothing really lasts long. So while you're in one job, you're hustling for the next. And until it's someone like you who reminds me of the work that I've done, I'll be like, oh yeah, I did do that. Like, because you're so busy hustling for the next job, you know, you got to keep yeah. eating. And it's like, we don't get paid like the supermodels do to walk up and down a runway for $15,000 for five minutes of work. Right. Y'all so, should. Y'all should. That's been my argument forever because we're both representing mega million dollar brands from the music industry to the fashion industry, right? And so just because exactly. they were born with beauty, they're not in rehearsal six and seven hours, dancing, sweating, you know, know, in heels, cobblestone, dancing on water, busting their ass like we are. So Defying I find the laws of gravity and all that type of stuff. Like y'all goaded. Y'all are goaded, literally. And the final question I want to ask you on this lovely episode of In Conversation is, if you were to tell the young version of yourself, let's say, you know, the young, the teenage Leslie who wanted to become, who wants to become a gymnast, a dancer, you know, all the, the multi-talented person that she is, what would you say? Um... I don't think I would change anything that I've done. And I thank God that I was surrounded by my coach is like my third parent. I had somebody who was very adamant about you don't say I can't. There was repercussions for saying I can't. You had to show up on time, everything. Just that kind of athleticism puts you in a professional um, place in your mind where you kind of bring that into the industry. Thank God for the parents and the women in my life that you have respectability about yourself, right? So that I was never hungry or thirsty enough that I had to get on my knees for a job and sell my soul in that sense. Um, I think I would have told my younger self to be, to learn more about how the business works. But then again, it's really kind of on the job training. Um, and I think I learned along the way or what we hear now, right? Because there weren't, weren't terms like branding opportunities, um, you know, when I was coming up. So I would learn what that really meant about branding myself um, and getting a team behind me who could lock me into brands, who could take me to the next level. You know, watching the way MTV worked with their talent versus how BET worked, MTV made sure all their people had publicists um, and agents and stuff. And we over right. at BET were fending for ourselves. And I had to thank God I had a whole dance career and made relationships and connections before then. Um, I think I would tell my younger self about saving money a little bit more. Um, 
I would tell my younger self that I really need to be prepared. And I think watching Debbie Allen, I know watching Debbie Allen and her transition from dancer to actor to director, producer is a thing between that and my mother always saying, so what are you gonna do after gymnastics? Can't flip forever, right? And you're just like, what are you talking about? I'm still right now in this moment, if you look on my page, I'm still back flipping, but right. I get it, right? So I think my younger self, I would say, you know, not so much the plan B, but figure out what's next and start put it planting those seeds as well so that you can make a natural transition into something you love, you know? And for me in high school, I fell in love with journalism, hence me being able to transition into Rap City and radio. So those are the blessings that came too. Def definitely. And, and you, when you talked about your mom saying, you know, what are you gonna do after gymnastics? That actually hits different for me. Cause I remember when I was in, uh, high school, I told my mom I wanted to be a director, and I was, and then she was like, uh, "Okay, like, what's the plan B?" And I was like, "I ain't think of a plan B yet. I'm a, you know, going guns blazing. That's why I got like this, this podcast. Like, this is actually my fourth interview that I've done, and I'm, Thank I'm you. happy about it. You know, yeah. no, there. I appreciate every single question. Um, and you definitely have a longer lifespan as a director, you know what I mean? Like, and you can switch from commercials to music videos, to TV, to film, to Broadway. As a dancer, you know, our bodies will only take but so much, you know, just like your NBA player, like the knees and the hips start speaking real loud and you're like, okay, I hear you. I need yeah. a little ibuprofen in the ice bath. I get it, I got it, you know? Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, thank you, Leslie, for this great conversation on 1025 in conversation and thank you guys for watching episode five of 1025 in conversation i'm jordan walton and i'll see y'all next time peace